Welcome to another episode of the Renegade Detroit Investors Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Burgess, professional real estate investor, permaculture and urban farmer, curmudgeon, skeptic, and now Keller Williams, real estate agent. What is Renegade Detroit Investors? RDI is a local real estate and investment business group that meets monthly at various locations. You're at one right now, always brewing Detroit. This group is about networking and doing deals. This ain't your grandma's Rhea, folks. No sales from the front. No smell of stale coffee, bin gay, and or disappointment. RDI is also this podcast where I sit down and we cover something. Either I meet with somebody and we pick their brain for a couple hours or we do something like this where we cover a topic. And if you enjoy this podcast and you find it helpful, give it a like, share it. It's free, man. If you haven't already, please rate on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, whatever app you listen to it. Rate it. If you're going to give me a shitty rating, maybe contact me first. Give me an opportunity to make it better. But if not, give me the shitty rating. That's all right. I'll get better. Um, all the sharing and liking does help, folks. So I really do appreciate it. And there are six people who have rated me on iTunes, and I appreciate it. Thank you, everybody. I really do. So, all right. If, you're, if you want to send me a comment or a message, go to renegadedetroit.com. If you're interested in attending the local meetings, Go to meetup.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on Twitter and Snapchat at Jeremy Burgess. And yes, now we have the uh, videos will be starting to be edited and uploaded in the next couple of weeks, about two a week. So we'll be on youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesalers. All right. So in the next month, you'll start seeing them there as well. Legal disclaimer, it's the way of the world, folks, all right? In no way, shape, or form should anything that I and or my guests or anybody else who walks up to this mic says be taken as investment and or legal or any other professional advice. We highly recommend before making any investment decision, you contact a lawyer, an attorney, or other licensed professionals. Be an adult, don't sue me, all right? I do want to take a moment to thank Amanda from Always Brewing Detroit. Dot com. This is where we're at. This is where we're hosting this tonight. This is why we have this space. If you haven't already, please spend some money here. This meeting is free, but this space is not free, and she really does appreciate it. So, All right, part six, the last part of the six-part Wholesaling 101 series, the 90-day business plan, all right? So I've spoken about several things. It's fine if, if this is new and you haven't listened to the other five, you can go to iTunes or SoundCloud, look up Renegade Detroit Investors, listen to the other five parts. It's okay if you have questions about those parts today, I will take it at the end. But the whole point of this is we're going to put the last five episodes into a 90-day business plan. So it is going to be abbreviated. Just realize that pretty much everything I've talked about here, I've talked about an hour on the other podcast and you go listen to those for free. All right. This is a limited review of the last pot, the five parts plus a 90 day business plan. What does that mean? I'm going to show you how to spend two grand. And hopefully at the end of 90 days, you do that right. You'll make at least five grand. All right. This is how to get your wholesaling business off the ground. Shout out to Steve Lando, 313cashdeals.com. I learned about 70% of this from him and the other 30% from people like Mike Cowper, other people on my podcast, and just life experience. So as I always say, this is probably not the best way. It's probably not the only way, but it's the way I know, and I know it works. So 
you don't like it, do something else. All right. Let's start with goals. This is what it all starts with. All right. We're going to work our way backwards here. We've gone over all the different ways to get leads, how to talk to sellers, all that. Now it's time for where the metal meets the meat, the plan. And every plan starts with a goal. And for the, for the sake of this presentation, we're doing a goal of you're going to make at least five grand in the next 90 days. You don't like that goal, just change it. Pick whatever number you want, and you're going to see how we de- deconstruct this thing backwards, right? My personal numbers, and this varies a little bit, but it takes 25 motivated leads. Motivated meaning not every lead is equal, right? So depending on the list you're mailing and all that, we 25 motivated leads equals one deal, all right? Now, if you really fucking suck, just double it, all right? This will work. Just double it. I sucked in the beginning. Depending on the day or the week you catch me, I still suck, right? We all we all have our best days and our worst days, right? So just realize this is how we work backwards. We're going to pick numbers. We're going to work backwards so we have a plan. So we want to generate in the, the next 60 days a minimum of 25 motivated leads. That will statistically get you one deal where you make at least five grand. So this is how we're working the numbers backwards, right? And I say 60 days because generally it takes 30 days to close and find a buyer. So if we want to actually close and collect the check in 90 days, we really have 60 days to get these leads out. So we're going to be a little aggressive on the mailings. All right. And remember, if you can't afford this, because this is going to cost you about two grand, right? All said and done across three months, it's going to cost you two grand. If that's still too much, go back to episode one and start with how to generate leads cheaply. You're going to waste an enormous amount of time. It's going to be an enormous effort, but you can trade your time for dollars until you can trade your dollars for time. All right. So I'm assuming you've listened to that and now you want to know how to do it with money. But if you don't have money, go back and listen to the first episode, right? Postcard response rate, by the way, a merged response rate is going to be about 2%. That will go up if you continue mailing, especially if you keep mailing the same people. There, it doubles between four and seven mailings to the same people, right? So your, your response rate is going to be 1% to 2% the first three touches. And then it doubles after that. Now, marking conditions change, all that. That's just been my observation in two years of working with Steve. All right. So preparation. Buy a list. List source, listability. I'm not going to go over all of that because I covered it in the previous ones. We need a list of people to market to. I am going to point out we want equity and we want motivation, but you just can't buy a motivated list. They don't sell a motivated list. Well, somebody might sell it to you, but it'd be bullshit, right? All these people are motivated. Yeah, right. Call them, all right? So what I mean by motivated, people more likely to have human problems. A good one we always go to is absentee homeowners. Absentee homeowners are very likely landlords. Landlords have problems like evictions. Uh, some, some people like my friend, Jeff, um, they get problems with the government. They decide they want to move Oak park to a more homeowner kind of thing. And they decide to sell based on that. Landlords have more problems in general than just your average Joe Schmo homeowner, right? So you can buy an absentee landlord. And if you wanted to, you can then say, okay, well, maybe I just want the ones out of state too, because it's harder to manage property the further away from it you are. So they're more likely to have more problems. So 
you get the idea. You can go to these, you can buy these lists and you can go back and listen. I think it was episode three. If I'm not, if it's not, that's fine. Where I talk about it, but you're going to want a motivated list. You're going to need a thousand names. You need a minimum of a thousand names. So if you got to make the area bigger, change the list, equity, 65% or more. They have, don't even market to anybody, at least on purpose, if they can't sell to you at your price, right? Why would you want to do that? Leave the short sales for the heroes, right? We're talking quick cash, right? We want to get in, get out, get paid, right? Pick the most motivated list you can afford. Spend money on your list too, all right? Get a click-to-mail account. This is a postcard account. You don't like this account, go get it somewhere else. It's just my 90-day business plan, right? Uh, postcards are $0.34 cents a piece, so you know. It's your normal three-by-five white, black shit works. Works every time. Get CRM. This is very important. Customer relationship management. Very important. This is actually probably one of the biggest things I learned working with Steve. Your brain can only remember so much, and working from an Excel spreadsheet, you're gonna you're just gonna lose deals. You can't remember. You have a busy day. You've got kids. You got family. You can't remember. Quite frankly, you aren't that good, or you wouldn't be here, and you wouldn't be doing this, right? You need help. You need software help. We all do, and it does work. What the CRM does is you can automate these things. Steve has a system that he works with um, through Tracy. K Wood, we'll put it, we'll put it in the link so maybe he can get paid too, a little something. Uh, but there's lots of them. You can go to Podio, Zoho, Team Leads, Top Producer, High Rise, Salesforce. Some are free. Some cost up to a hundred bucks a month, depending on what you want and what it has. But what you want is a way to progress a lead from new to yes or I'm not interested or it doesn't work. That's what you want. You want to automate the system to do that. And they have free packages. They sell packages. I'm not going to eat up a lot of time on how to do that. It's pretty simple. But you want a system that keeps you from thinking about how you have to do that. And it's just something you follow. It's pretty basic, right? Call them. Get them on the phone. And it's something that creates creates tasks. So when you wake up in the morning, you log in. It's all right there for you to do. No thought, right? Most of these you can try before you buy. So don't fret. Try out several. Take your time. See which ones. I don't have a problem with any of them. I've used them all. Some I like more than others, but I find that my resistance is usually due to my ignorance. Okay? I happen to like Zoho the best probably because I've used it the most the last two years. Odds are you're going to like whatever you use and learn well as well. So I don't care which one you use. Just your brain is not going to cut it. And Excel spreadsheet is a temporary short-term hack that will completely fall apart after something like 90 leads. So just so you know. Then you got to decide if you want a live answering service or you want to send it to voicemail. I know both. Steve sends it to a live answering service. Mike Squared sends it to voicemail. I don't think one's better than the other. You just have to choose which way to go. There's pros and cons to both. I've covered it in previous episodes, but I highly recommend you not take the phone calls live. First of all, I don't know how you can take them live all the time because you know what? They call it 1130 at night. They call it 330 in the morning. They do all sorts of stupid shit, right? They think you're a business because you are a business. You have a job. You have kids. You can't. So you want to you choose one of those ways. Um, Steve uses Pat Live. I don't have a problem with Pat Live. I know there's lots of them out there. And then you can just use Google Voice or maybe any other transcription service 
And obviously, if they don't leave a voicemail, you don't call them back. That's one way to determine motivation too, right? Get a domain name, right? Like Steve has 313cashdeals.com. That's a great domain name. I have Hot Detroit Lee or Hot, yeah, Hot Detroit Deals. I haven't used that shit in years. Um, you need a domain name to start building a list and a website. We're going really simple right out of the gate because we're trying to keep costs minimal. Minimal proof of concept. See if you where, see if you can do this right where the metal meets the meat. Profe- uh, website hosting, in motion hosting. Um, they have lots of plans as low as six dollars a month up to thirty dollars a month for unlimited. Um, or you can pay like $250 for the year and get unlimited. You're going to need a place to host your, your domain name, your URL. And you can get your URL from GoDaddy or, or any other place like that, right? Get yourself a website. First thing we're going to focus on is a squeeze page, which is terminology for a one-page website. This one-page website is something you put up a video or some words. You're talking about how you're going to have the best deals in Detroit. 30 to 35% or wherever you're at, if you're depending on where you're listening, Redford, whatever your market is, you get the idea, right? Um, some way to start collecting investor information, permission marketing. Hey, you can go post like Steve has his VA go and post his list all over Craigslist. I think just about every day, every time he meets someone, every time he's on the podcast, he's always marketing, trying to get extra people on that list. You're going to start this and you're never going to stop it till you die or you quit. People change, lists grow, lists shrink, but you're starting this one page. You can go to wordpress.com and .org. Both are free. Um, Tumblr, free. Um, there's other free ones as well, or you can pay. I'm just going with free, trying to keep your, your cost down, right? If you want to do Squarespace or something like that, knock yourself out. This is to build an email list. Make sure it's mobile and tablet friendly. I cannot emphasize that enough. 50% of the people who now traffic and go, at least when I was watching, and I can still go look at my YouTube channel, volume up. Oh, higher, higher now. Uh, By mobile devices, tablets and mobile phones, right? So I hate you to see you do all this work and you're still thinking like somebody gets on their PC, and they do. They're probably over 55. Uh, Make sure you're on mobile. Okay. Now you need some way to build this list, right? You can't just collect emails and then put them all in the BCC and blast it out via Outlook. I mean, that's how we all did it old school, right? And there's still some people that do it like that, but there are professional ways to do it. Aweber is one. That's what I use. I like Aweber. There's some free ones like MailChimp or free to a certain amount, Infusionsoft, uh, Constant Contact, there's tons of email subscription services. What they do is by paying for them and following their protocol, they will get you past spam. Somebody wants to sign up on your list. They go, they put in that list. Aweber will then send them a link or somebody will send them a link. It'll be double opt-in. And because they follow those rules, when you send out your email, very likely they're all going to get it. Instead of what normally happens, you end up in spam if they even look. I can't remember the last time I looked at my spam folder. I don't think I probably ever will again. So you want to defeat that. And also, hopefully, you have a list of thousands at some point, right? You're not going to copy and paste thousands of people in the BCC and fucking Outlook. All right? So let's plan this thing. It's not that expensive either, and you'll see the end. You need some sort of online photo sharing, right? 
I happen to really like Dropbox, but it doesn't really matter. There's Dropbox, OneDrive, Google Drive. I think I, what is it? I, I don't know what the iTunes ones. I don't know. It's on it. You know what it is. There's lots of free ones, right? Or pay. You can pay. Need some way to send an investor a link of all the pictures of the house, right? And or video. You can post your video to YouTube, though, I guess if you really want to. Um, business cards. Vistaprint, print at home, something. I can absolutely tell you that when I got cards and I started doing the inspections myself and doing the offers at the house, having the business card got me more deals accepted. No, I've not used Moo. All right, so is it Moo.com? There you go. Go get some from Moo.com, Vistaprint, wherever. Print them at home. Have some business cards. Um, And that also leads me to have a professional email. This is one of my pet peeves. Have a professional email for $15. You can get a domain name for $10 a month, which is $120 a year. You can have a Google account. And then let's say it was uh, Steve at 313cashdeals.com. That is far more professional than Steve at gmail.com. Right? Now, this is mattering less and less. But until it doesn't matter, I'm going to recommend it because for 120 bucks. You're a professional right out of the gate. And not a, a to me, it just says, I, I want to save $120. That doesn't, that doesn't tell me the right thing when I'm looking to try and try and uh, buy somebody's house, right? Be professional about it. Um, put together some sort of credibility kit. Hey, I know you're just starting out. How am I going to be credible? Talk about, you, you must have done something good in some other business. Talk about that. Talk about your family. Talk about your goals. Um, talk about things you like to do. If you see me, if you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, any of those places, you, you very quickly figure out what I like and what I don't like. And I actually post mostly personal stuff. Stuff about dogs, stuff about farming, stuff about how I hate socialism, Right. That's what I do. That's what I post. People know when they call me, that's what they're going to get. Why? Because I want them to know before they call me. I don't have to get the person who doesn't like me on the phone. Life is short. Not everybody likes everybody. We don't need to talk, right? You're not going to get all the business. Just get the right business, right? If you have done real estate before, talk about just the stuff you have done. Like let's say you've had four or five rentals, you know, and you sold, whether you kept them or you sold them or I don't know, whatever it is, tell your story without lying. And the most positive way you can include pictures, include video, and give them third party, if you can, reference an old boss, links to um, social media accounts, other professional websites, something so they can do their due diligence on you and see if they want to work with you. All right. So in one study, 57% of people before they contact you have already done 90% of the work. 57% of people on the internet, by the time they contact you, have done 90% of the work. Now, if you get a call, you've been narrowed down to the short list 57% of the time. Give them as many ways to check you out as possible before they call you. Now, this this flies in the face of don't tell them hardly anything. Keep them like mushrooms, which is feed them shit and keep them in the dark so they can only get the information from you. That's old school. It's bullshit. It doesn't work. It's not going to work. The beautiful thing about the internet is we're all connected. 
And if you're a dumbass and you do bad things, it's hard for you to hide. The good thing is, if you're a good person, you do good things, why hide it? Put it out in the world. Start doing it. You'll enjoy it. Um, hello sign. There's lots of them. Um, that's the one Steve uses. I have, I, you can see the stuff I do is what Steve does, right? Not a nice shocker right there. It's a digital way to get a purchase and sale agreement signed, right? For the most part, I used to do all sorts of things to get PA signed. Now I don't. Unless you're 70 plus or I really like you or I'm going to get a shit ton of deals, you get the hello sign, you sign it, or you don't. Um, oddly, we use this to determine that somebody had uh, faked a signature too, because it, by the way, it, it does uh, it does count as a legal signature. So something like that. This prevents you from having to get a fax machine, drive out a purchase and sale agreement, or email it, scan it. All that BS just disappears. And then it's, you're going to need some sort of access to comparable sales called comps. Whether you're a real estate agent or you pay to have access or you beg, borrow, trade for access, these are things you're going to need. All right? Here we go. Part three, massive fucking action. This is where everybody fails. If you're going to do this thing, you're doing it tonight. I promise you, if you don't do it tonight, it could be years or never before you do this. If you're listening right now, it's whenever that time happens to be. I don't know if you noticed, there's no such thing as a future. There's no such thing as a past. It's a memory in the present. All you have is right now. So this is the most important part. And I, I think I've, break it, I've broken it down into ways that you can understand and implement systematically and immediately at pretty much any IQ level because I can do it, right? Massive action. Test everything before you send out a single postcard. Nothing will break your heart more than spending money and this, this will happen sometimes, too, no matter how hard you try. Spending money, and you're waiting for the phone to ring. And by the way, the phone doesn't ring because it's not working. Ugh, that happens. This is real life, right? So make sure your website's up. You can do all this in less than a week, by the way. Make sure your website's up. Go ahead, Steve. Make sure you have the right phone number on your postcard. <laughs> that you didn't accidentally hit a 7 instead of a 6. So that whoever had that phone number got about 100 phone calls yeah, that week. Yeah, they were thinking, Steve, it was another wholesaler. <laughs> hey. And it's happened, trust me. I have years of experience, and I still did it because I was hurrying, and I didn't double-check my work before I hit submit. So, Or your assistant. Hey, all I'm saying is life happens. Test these things and test them regularly. Do not assume it is just working. All right? So... Test. Um, automate as much of it as you can, which is most of it. You can automate your postcards. You can automate your CRM. Your, your live call service has a script that you provided to them. See what I'm, So a lot of this stuff, absolutely, for two grand that we're getting to, you can automate these things, right? So before you do anything, automate. Everything, LN, check, double check everything, right? Now it's time to mail, and we're going to want to be aggressive. You're going to automate it, and you're going to set it for 250 bucks a week. This will get you results. All right? 250 bucks a week to your 1,000-person list. 
All right. If you can't afford it, ratchet it down. You might not hit the five grand, right? If you can afford more and you're a baller, I might start small anyway. Your phone's going to melt at 250. You do a thousand, you're going to get something like 40 or 50 phone calls in a month, right? Massive action. First of all, you probably suck. Second of all, your list might be bad. Who knows? I want you to have more than is necessary than to get to the end, right? You can be scalpel-like precision after years of practice and honing, right? Um, and you can schedule these, these postcards to go out at specific times. I like if it can manage to go out on Thursday. I know most of the phone calls will come in on Saturday and Sunday. And then first thing Monday, I can pound them out. So I just know Monday's my pound them out day. Now, you'll get more during the week. There'll be a trickle. But if you do it correctly... There will be like 70 or 80% front loaded so you can plan your life around it because who's busy? Raise your hands. Everybody's busy, right? If you're not busy, you're going to be busy, right? That's why you're here. So try and schedule it. Generally, it takes a couple days from when you order it before it hits and a couple days for people to start calling in. So whatever day you want to take calls, send it out two to four days before. Try it wherever you're at. Keep track of when you send it, when the phone calls come in. Make the necessary adjustments, right? There will always be stragglers, by the way. So they're not all going to call just because you send them out. Some people will call from a year and a half ago because they saved a postcard, you know? So it's not always going to be like that. So what does your routine look like? Return calls. At least four times. Most of the time, you'll be leaving a voicemail. People don't answer their phones. I leave a voicemail. I, I'm starting to get in the habit now of sending a text and or an email afterwards if I leave a voicemail, right? People don't necessarily – I need to get them on the phone, but they don't necessarily know it's my number because they're calling into a different number. I'm not marketing my cell phone number out because I'm not taking the calls. And in this case, it's Steve's business, so he's definitely not paying to put my cell phone number out there, right? What the hell kind of sense would that make? But you shouldn't be either. So you're calling from a different – number. They might not recognize it. Leave a voicemail, text if it's a cell phone, and send an email if they left it, right? Um, you want to call at least four times. And I tend to call once a day for like four to seven days, and then I stop. Um, and then sometimes I come back, call them again, a week or two later down the road. If you want to do it perfectly, all the money's between seven and 14 times. So I'll leave, I'll leave that up to you. All the follow-up money is between seven and 14, right? Over lots of time. But there's also emails and everything else like that, which your CRM should handle automatically for you. So they'll get emails as well. You return phone calls. What are you looking for? Equity motivation. Can they sell at the price you need? Mr. and Mrs. Seller, do you have a mortgage? You own your house free and clear. Ask it like that. Only a handful of times have people not told me. Most of the time when you just ask it like that, they'll tell you. They'll absolutely tell you. Um, if they're motivated... And they have equity, especially in the beginning. What is motivation? Must sell. It's not motivation if they don't have to sell. I don't care what they say. I'm not that motivated. But I need to sell in the next 30 days because I'm going on vacation. 
Well, they, yeah, they're motivated. They have to sell. Must sells motivated. Must sell. Not maybe it's two months, three months, right? Motivation is must sell. If it's not must sell, they're not motivated, right? They have the equity and they must sell. Book the appointment in the beginning. They want you to get as much practice as humanly possible. Get in front of them. Look at them. You don't know what comps. You don't know rehab that well. It's like baseball or anything else. You want to see some pitches. You want to get some hits. You want, you want, to, you want to be at the plate. You want to get that practice, right? That's all you need. Equity, motivation, book the appointment. The goal of the call is to book the appointment. So your goal, if they have motivation and equity, is to book the appointment. I always assume the close. If I feel like there's motivation, I'm like, okay, well, the next step, if you're interested, is uh, booking an appointment. Um, I have tomorrow, looks like, uh, between two and four available. Does one of those times work for you? Oh, I can't do tomorrow. Okay, well, how about Wednesday, Thursday? No, I don't want to do I'm, I'll make them tell me, no, I don't want to do it. The whole point of the call is to book the appointment, right? Book the appointment and go back and listen to the one where we say talking to sellers. And there's a particularly good podcast um, that Steve put on his podcast as well, where Steve and Mike Cowper just tortured me for like 45 minutes with every, basically they threw every objection in front of me possible. And I'm, I mean, I didn't do all that well on most of them, but the point is, People are going to have objections, overcome them, book the appointment, do the best you can, make them tell you to get the fuck off the phone, right? You paid for them to call. You're talking to them. They're motivated. They have equity. Book the appointment. Make offers. Make them at the appointment if you can most of the time, especially in the beginning. You should be seeing the feedback. And I just I talked about maximum allowable offer before, so... I'm assuming you already know that. Go back and listen to it. And this is one I'm not as good at, but I'm getting better at all the time. Give them a verbal offer, but always give them a written offer as well. Always give them a written offer, and that's through hello sign, right? There's nothing wrong with verbal. We do verbals all the time. If you're an agent, you do verbals as well, but you immediately follow up with something written, all right? Make the offer. I don't care if they say, I won't take a penny less than $50,000. You book the appointment. You go out there. You determine you can only pay $35,000. Make the offer. Write it up. Give it to them. Imagine that. Humans lie about what they're willing to do all the time. Shocker, huh? Stop assuming they're telling the truth or what they will. Become a machine. And I'm not the best at this either. I need to practice on this and work on this too, especially when I'm busy. And that's when you'll screw up most of the time. Well, he's not going to accept that. And you're just be try and ingrain the habits, a bad habit I had from early on. Make a written offer. Then you don't have to overcome a bad habit, right? Be aggressive. Follow up on rejected offers. This hasn't worked out too well for me most of the time, but it has worked out a few times. And if I was more aggressive, it'd probably work out more, quite frankly. Get the purchase and sale agreement signed. They say, yes, you have written. Now it's to get it signed. Not, I'm going to do it tomorrow. Not, I'm going to do it in an hour. This is where I lose my mind. The number one rule I have in real estate, and I think this, this applies to any sort of deal-making thing, the longer it takes to get a deal, the less likely the deal is to happen. Period, end of report. Nothing will piss me off more, too, by the way, than some th- somebody tiptoeing through the fucking tulips like they have all the time in the world. You don't. 
People change their mind. They talk to their neighbor. They do all sorts of funny things. People are fickle. You are too. I want you to think of a time where you made a decision and then change your mind less than 30 minutes later and could not be moved off it. You can probably think of three or four right in your head right now where you did this, right? Your, your seller is no different than you. If you come to an agreement, your goal is to get the PA signed as soon as humanly possible. This is when I go crazy with multiple phone calls, texts, and emails a day until I have it signed. Be aggressive with that too. Get it signed. Answer the questions. And I always say it something like this. All right, excellent. I'm glad we came to an agreement. I'm going to have the assistant send something over to you as soon as possible, not more than an hour. I do want you to take a look at before you sign. I always say this. I just overcome the objection. Before you sign, make sure you read through the whole thing. You're going to see some parts. We're going to pay all the closing costs. You're going to see the box where we pay all the closing costs. You're going to see the price. You're going to see we're going to close it, whichever title company we're going to close at. Most of the rest of the stuff is just legal stuff that we have to have in there. If you have any questions about it, ask before you sign. Otherwise, just sign and it'll come back to me. I just overcome that objection right there. Then when they call and you've, you've kind of, it's called inoculation too, right? So you, they're, you know, they're, they're going to see that if you're worried about it, which by the way, you're not, you're going to see that it doesn't have uh, a place for earnest money deposit because we don't put it down if we can avoid it. I've been asked that question less than six times in thousands of phone calls. So it's not a problem. But if they do just say, Hey, we, we make too many offers on too many properties and we can't even have a thousand dollars out there because this month we're doing 13, that'd be $13,000. That makes no sense. I understand if you don't want to do the deal, though. Only two times has it actually really been a problem, and I figured out a way to get somebody else to do it instead of me, right? Same thing with the assignment clause. How do you handle the assignment clause? Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I have lots of partners. It's not necessarily – I don't necessarily know who's closing at the time when I put the deal under contract. If I knew, I would just write in the name, but I don't know. So it has to be an assignment here. Sign right here. That kind of thing, right? Otherwise, overcome their objections. Get it signed as soon as humanly possible. Send it via hello sign. If you're in front of them, slide the purchase and sale agreement across where they say yes or not and hand them the fucking pen. I've seen so many people sign just because you did that. You're like, oh, okay, yeah, I am going to do this. Don't be, um, and if, and, uh, and, uh, uh, uh. Nobody wants to work with that person. Nobody wants to work. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care if you're selling makeup. They're like, oh, that, that person's not calm. That person, I don't feel that person can do what he says he's going to do. Or she, whoever. I didn't invent the language, so I'm sorry if it's not gender neutral. All right. Send the purchase and sale agreement to the title company. They'll pull title. They'll take care of all your legal paperwork, all that. Always close at a title company. If you're listening to this out west or anywhere else, it would be um, <clears throat> escrow services. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the different names. There's lots of different names. Use a third-party professional to close your deals. It gives you a sense of professionalism. Uh, you don't have to handle the paperwork, and it'll keep your butt out of jail or out of crooked sellers, which uh, we had a guy who was faking deeds quite convincingly, actually. Um, and if we weren't using a title company, we probably would have totally fell for it and been a part of fraud, deed fraud, and lost money, our money, or private investor money. All right? So these, there are sharks out there, and they're not all friendly, and a lot of them want to rob and steal from you, okay? 
and using this third party is good. So send it to them. They will handle all the paperwork, follow state and federal laws, water bills, other liens, etc. They'll generally know how to fix a problem too. So if there is a problem, which there's going to be problems, they will generally know how to, to handle the problem. And if you're doing it yourself, you're not going to know how, right? All right, so you got to sign PA. You sent it to the title company. Now it's time to market to your buyers. All right, first thing, you've been building your list. Send out the email. And I put, I'm going to briefly go over it. Emails will sell properties, but if you do it poorly, they absolutely will not sell properties. Be sure to include the address and all the specific information about the property. Number of bedrooms, bathrooms, approximate square footage. Does it have a basement? Is there a garage? Is it brick? Is it frame? Is it rented? Is it vacant? Does it need rehab? I don't put up rehab numbers, but I will say needs paint, needs a roof, needs windows, that kind of thing. I cover that in detail and a link to 100 plus pictures and include the price. Pet peeve of mine. You walk in the grocery store, how much for this box of cornflakes? I don't know. Make me an offer. You're a dickhead. And you don't want to do business. Be professional. If you want to sell something, it starts with the price. Build a case of value around the price. But what are you building the case for value around if you don't put the price out? I will delete your email. I will not call you. I will not talk to you. You don't include the address. Same thing. You send me four shitty pictures from the MLS or from Google Earth. Same thing. All right. I think I've ranted on that long enough. All this networking you're doing, like you're here tonight, you should be talking to everybody around you. By the way, where are you looking to buy? Where are you looking to buy? Robert, raise your hand. This man has cash and will give it to you for deals in Ferndale and I'm sure other places, right? If you're going to start marketing the Ferndale before you leave tonight, you should go talk to Robert and get specifically what he has. Write it down. And then when you get that deal in Ferndale, you call. Do that too. Post on Craigslist. There's a downside to this, um, but in the beginning, you need as much exposure as you can absolutely get. Slightly controversial, listed on the MLS. If you have it in your purchase and sale agreement that you can list it on the MLS, it is not illegal, but it is definitely gray. All right. Some people will do it for you. Some people won't, um, it, but we have listed them on the MLS. We have sold them from listing them on the MLS. It is a way to get a deal done. And my personal favorite, and the one I just get all sorts of pissed about, pick up your phone and dial. Pick up your phone and what is all this networking about? Start calling people looking to buy a property. If you talk to somebody about buying property, they said they're interested in buying property. Hey, Tom, I heard you're interested in buying property. I got this deal at 12345 Main Street, Ferndale, under contract. You should check it out. Sweet. I emailed it over to you. Did you have a chance to take a look at it? I want, you, I want you to think about a time when you made a decision to do something only because somebody followed up with you who put it back in front of your face. Like maybe somebody looked at their email, came home, their kids were sick, wife or husband got home from work and it was grouchy and you got to cook dinner and get everybody into bed and you forget about the email and you don't look at it again. Then in the morning you get a call or text. Oh yeah, that's right. How about that? Pick up the phone and dial. You're not a salesperson if you're not selling, and you're not selling if you're not talking to people, okay? 
do it. Um, anyway, once you agree to price, get the assignment signed. If you want to double close it, you can use a purchase and sale agreement. Close your side, then close their side. Extra costs. Some people, like Mike and sometimes Steve, will use two sets of PAs and then sign an assignment at the closing. The whole point of that is some investors don't like the idea of other investors making money on a deal. That's generally the last deal I will do with somebody too, by the way. They start counting my money. I know they're not, they're not in the right place. You start counting my money. I'm not counting yours, right? Negotiate, same sort of thing. You come to an agreement, get the assignment signed, get some sort of earnest money deposit, non-refundable. If you don't have earnest money and you don't have the assignment signed, you don't have a deal. Keep trying until you do. I don't care what they say. I'll get it to you tomorrow. Not good enough. Obviously, if you have an excellent relationship with this person and they're, they've always done what they said they do in the past, those exceptions are allowed, but otherwise, it's BS. Close. Go to closing. Get pictures. Get video testimonials. Written testimonials. Also, to me, it's like dropping the ball in the one-yard line. Most of them go fine. Sometimes there's a little hiccup that could be solved by, by being there in person, but mostly just to get pictures and video testimonials. Um, we're living in the era of the picture and the video. It's not that the written word doesn't work. It just doesn't work as well as it used to. It's better with, it's better with pictures and with video. And then they say it, and then you can put some written words on it. I'm experimenting right now with Facebook ads of go. my video testimonials. And I was showing Tom this earlier. There's over 12,000 views on each one of these. So 12,000 people saw that video of one of my seller testimonials. So it shows how powerful that is. And it's all from just this phone in my hand. And it was simple. I didn't need any fancy equipment. Shot it with my phone, uploaded it to YouTube, uploaded it to Facebook. It's there forever. What is better than the evidence? I don't know anything better than the evidence. What is better? I can solve your problem. And by the way, here's 20 pictures or videos or written testimonials. You can call them if you wanted to. And when are sellers the most happy? Yeah. Right after they signed and yeah. saw that dollar amount they're walking away with, usually. Get that money, right? When are you most happy? At the closing. When are they most happy? At the closing when you've solved their problem, right? Everybody's happy. Get testimonials. You absolutely need them. Um, Extra credit. I'll be paying attention to see if anybody does this. I have so far been sorely disappointed. Maybe one of you guys will turn that around. Document this process as a TV show on YouTube, as a radio show on like a podcast or something like that. Live stream, like Facebook live stream um, or any of the other meerkats, whatever the rest of them are. Or a blog. Periscope. Yeah, thank you, Steve. Periscope. Market your story and your progress, of course, with a name, email address, and phone number so you can call them and sell them later, right? Get people invested in your story. If you're starting with nothing and you have nothing to offer, give them a story. Give them a way to follow you. Give them a way to, to see how hard you're working, how, how, you know, how disappointed you were, how great you were. It worked out. Mistakes you made, things you learned. Be, be as transparent as you, you can. This will, you can do this very cheaply, and if you do this correctly, you can generate a shit ton of leads this way.
And you could probably do it with what you're already paying on your cell phone. Paying for that cell phone, use it. That's extra credit. You should be doing that all the time anyway. All right, number four, budget. How much does this all cost? Less than two grand. Here we go. Postcards, 85 bucks a week. Use whatever ones. These are the ones. These are my numbers, right? If you can do it cheaper, just do it cheaper. Don't send me an email. I found it cheap. That's fine. Just do it cheaper if you can do it cheaper. Postcards, 85 bucks a week. Aweber, 20 bucks a month. Google email, 10 bucks a month. Domain name, $15 a year. Website hosting in motion hosting, $30 a month for the maximal, maximum unlimited. They're cheaper plans. Hello sign, $13 a month. CRM, zero to $100 a month. Buy a list, $99. Business cards, 20 bucks for 250. Dropbox, 20 bucks a month. Live answering service, 85 bucks a month. Total cost for 90 days, $1,993. If you choose, that's if you choose the most expensive options out of the ones I gave you. Um, and you will improve and you want to make more. So if you spend $2,000 this way over the next 90 days, you will get at least one deal where you make $5,000. Probably more if you work it hard. I am assuming, however, that you have a cell phone, a laptop or a tablet, and a car, although I did this without a car. It doesn't work. It's very hard. It's very difficult, uh, but it can. It can be done without a car. I'm not sure I could be done without a, without a cell phone. I think you could probably skip the laptop if you had a tablet or you can go to the library, but I'm pretty sure you're going to need a cell phone. Uh, but I am assuming you have a cell phone and access to the internet and a way to get from point A to point B. I remember listening to the guy who, who was, um, it was like a year and a half ago. I don't know. I was, it wasn't a guy. It was a girl. She dressed like a guy. Funny. Anyway, um, she took buses for six months before she got her first deal. I don't know if she stuck with it, but I just remember always being amazed. I encouraged her to put together like a YouTube channel or something like that. I was just amazed that she was taking a bus and taking her 90 minutes to get to an appointment so if you don't have a car, I don't fucking care. All right. And this is, uh, I can't play the video for you, but if you're reading this at home, uh, something from, I think it's uh, SpongeBob, whatever, SquarePants, whatever. Sucking at something is a first step to becoming sort of good at something. You got to say it's SpongeBob's voice. I do. I don't even know what that voice is like. Anyway, you can, you can click on it. Kids, yeah, they do. They do. I don't have kids. I have dogs. You're going to suck. This is very, if you do this, this is very likely going to make you more than $5,000. But I'm assuming you just suck. Because when I started, even with help, I sucked. I want you to think the last time you started something new, complicated, that required a lot of hard work, and think about how well you did it first. You didn't. You probably sucked for a long time. So... If you're listening to this, you're like, man, that's a lot of overkill. He's really throwing. Yeah, it's massive action. I want to make sure that you, all the mistakes, all the human frailties aside, if you do this, you will make at least $5,000 statistically in the next 90 days. I think you could make a lot more. Uh, I think you could probably do it for half the amount of money and still make $5,000, but that's not the way I put this together. I made this very error-prone because I'm an error-prone human being as well, and I remember how bad I sucked in the beginning. Like, 
really the first six months. Uh, so that being said, if you have any questions, now would be the time. And when you're thinking about coming up, which by the way, <clears throat> I was blowing chunks earlier today, so when I say it this time, I actually mean it. I have the flu. I'm sick as fuck. Uh, if you want me to answer your question, normally I stick around afterwards. I am not doing that. I am going to go home and go die in my bed um, after I edit this and post it up on the internet before I die. If you have any questions and you actually want them answered tonight, step on up to the mic and ask them. Going once. Come on. Don't be shy. Going twice. Did I mention I how many how many deals did you do last year, Steve? Fifty eight deals. Fifty-eight deals. Thirty-two of those were mine. Ours, I should say. So you have people in here right now who can answer questions who have done fifty plus deals. Besides him in the background. Anybody else done more than 50 plus deals? All right, here we go. Make sure you state your name. And if you want to, mark it out. This is, goes out internationally. So you could get some business out of this as well. Talking to Mike. Give me money. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I have a question. I, there you go. Enough. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Is that better? Much better. You guys have name? Robert Williams. Robert. Uh, nice block Savior is my uh, thing. I'm fixing up uh, properties in uh city of Detroit. Okay. And uh I'm a realtor. Uh, was with Keller Williams with another company now, Willis Realty. And, uh, but my question is about, uh, wholesaling. I locked up a deal last night. This is the first time I saw this. Uh, locked the deal up last night. It's, uh, needs a lot of work. It's down to the studs. Uh, auto mechanical is done. And, but it's comping, uh, by, by 170. Okay. But I go in and I see that it has a conditional withdrawal. And the MLS. And I'm like, okay. So I called, you know, I called the person that was, was there and I said, you know, what, before I go back and talk to the buyer, I mean, the seller, why, you know, what was going on? It's none of your business. And I called back to the, to the guy and couldn't get through to him. Have you guys ever experienced that where you, uh, can they stop that deal? Do I have to go ahead and make sure they get that mutual release, uh, before the deal is done? No. Well, you're a real estate agent. So yeah, you, I, I'm, I'm operating as a, as a wholesaler. You may still ethically have to, I don't know, this would be muddy waters. Actually, we have a seasoned vet back there who might actually know the answer to this question. Uh, if you're not, first of all, it's not your responsibility to pay the agent. I think you might ethically be bound. Do you know? I mean. Well, I, I know on, on the realtor end. Yeah. If you're not, uh, be, we're going to put this to the season pro because I've been a, a real estate agent like 60 days. So <laughs> I'm still wet and gooey behind the ears. You do have to disclose if you're an agent. But what he's saying is. Um, I locked it up. But as it was still whole, listed. As, as a wholesaler. He said that he, uh, that he didn't have a, a deal going on. And he nor that he was listening. But the agent that was listening put it as a conditional withdrawal. Oh, okay. And conditional, I, not unconditional. Yeah, not unconditional. So I start calling a couple, you know, making a couple phone calls and I'm doing more comps and doing, and I looked at them and I said, you know what? I've seen agents come at the closing table and say, hey, listen, I still had a deal with this guy. 
and they and, and made people split the commission. And my thought was, I know that I could prop, you know, I could probably sell this, and that person would never know. But do I need to get the mutual release? And have y'all ever saw that? Have you ever seen anything like that? I haven't heard. Yeah. Yeah. So what you should do is get. Thank you for your question. Get with your seller and find out if they. If their listing agreement is still active, because just because it's conditionally released on the MLS doesn't mean their listing agreement's expired or whether it's still active or not. If it's still active, technically they owe that agent a commission on your sale. Yep. Regardless. That's what I thought. You usually have to do a mutual release. Yep. That's what I, I called and said, listen, we need to do a yep. mutual release. So if you're not an agent, though, I mean, I don't want to sound like a cutthroat pirate. Just realize that, that a seller willing to screw their agent is probably very willing to screw you. Uh, just people who screw people don't like to stop, right? They keep the screwing going. So um, if you're not an agent, I think ethically you'd be okay. If you are an agent, I think you'd have to insist um, on on or do something about getting the agent because, I don't know, you got like, it's like a blood oath or something. If you don't, they send you to real tart hell or something like that. I don't know. You want to stay on their good side though. And you don't want to lose your license if you're a real estate agent. So make sure when in doubt, do everything by the book. Excellent question. Threw me for a loop too. That was a good one, man. That was a good one. Sounds like a good deal too. Hopefully. Yeah. Talk to the seller. Like, Hey man, your agent won't tell me anything. What's going on. I don't want to walk away from this right now, but I will. How would you tell me what's going on? Uh, maybe don't go that hard. Try try nice first, but if they don't if they don't go nice, go Fuck easy. Or go hard. hard. Yes, he's like crush him. That's how he is on the phone. Ah, I crushed you like a can. All right, any other questions? It's the last part, a six part series. This shit will not be happening again. All right, we have somebody walking up. <clears throat> Sorry for my voice sounding this way too. Yeah, my name is Donnie Smith. I'm a newbie. Uh, myself and my wife, Bonnie. And we're basically trying to approach this from a wholesale, wholesaling standpoint. Yep. Came to the and right so place. my question has to do with the uh, frequency of mailing out doing your direct mail. See, so you got a thousand um, lists or a thousand names on your list. You're going to break that up into, say, four, 250. 250 a week and then rinse and repeat the next month. Okay. so So your frequency should be... 30 days. 30, every 30 days. 30 days. Now, touch the same I realize we're not perfect human beings. I, perfect world, you touch them once a month. Right. The, 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 in the previous podcast, which obviously you haven't listened to and you're new, and I just met you literally last week, so I don't mind. Um, the only time I make an exception, and I'm not doing it for this 90-day business thing, by the way, because it would cost you too much time. But let's say you want to do it in 120 or 180 days, something like that. You mail the entire list before you mail everybody a second time, and then you wait 60 days for all the return cards to come back, scrub them from your list, or update it with the forwarding address if they put it on there. Sometimes they do. That could save you money. But in general, you want to touch them once a month. And the reason why is, and I, and I cover it in there too, is you double your response rate between four and seven mailings to the same person. This market is getting competitive. I'm sure everybody's noticed that prices are going up. Competition is going up. 
all of a sudden everybody's in real estate again. I'm sure everybody's experiencing this, right? Experiencing this, right? A lot of people are going to send one or two postcards and quit. You have to think about it from a seller's point of view. How can they tell you from everybody else? I think one way to do it, I have enough money to send you a postcard every month until you say yes. That'll get the job done. So, you know, like I have a small budget. So would I send out like the 250 once a month rather than try to divide that up and send, you know, uh, 75 a week? Sell something. Yeah. That's if you're doing 250 a month is going to be a slow road to plow at one or 2% response rate. If you're a very patient man, but otherwise I'd recommend either you have to trade your time or your money. One of those two things you have to trade. There's nothing free. So if you go back and listen to episode one, if you really don't have the money and they really don't have a way to sell anything to get the money, then you got to go old school. You got to go back to one. You got to drive for dollars. You got to door knock on, on, put flyers on doors with overgrown lawns and ugly roofs and bad windows. You need to talk everybody everywhere you go. You should be doing this anyway, talking to everybody about real estate. You need to be calling the top 200 people of your close friends talking about, Hey, I'm looking for a deal to buy. And you'd be post, you're going to trade time, massive amounts of time, or you're going to trade money. You, you, Maybe a combo of both would work for you, but if you're only doing 250 postcards a month, one to two percent on that is is not. It's just not going to get it done. Okay. All right. Does that answer your question? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Sorry. I hope I wasn't too harsh on that. I do want you to succeed, but I don't want I don't want to tell you something that's not going to work either. Right. Two hundred fifty dollars a month in postcards is not is not going to work very fast. It will work if you keep doing it. It's just not going to get you $5,000 in 90 days, which is what I want to happen. At least $5,000. You, you can make more. Any other questions? Going once. Steve, do you have any comments? Going twice. Any questions? All right, Robert, come on up. Thank you. Why you got to make me ask three fucking times, man? <laughs> Sorry. It's like I'm building suspense. <laughs> Quick question. Um, do you recommend... Spending or uh, sending the exact same postcard every month, or maybe mixing up your program a little bit. Steve is probably better at it than I am, but I like the same postcard because I don't want them to think too much. So this is something where the real estate agent training is coming in handy. The general rule is people have enough room in their head to keep two people for everything they need. So literally, if you're not number one or number two, you're not on the list. So I would think keeping confusion to a minimum. You either want your branding to be obvious, like the Delia group, everything they send out is just plastered with it, so then it doesn't matter. Or if it's not obvious, keep the card the same. One one of the two. Just make sure it's blatantly... We, we do the same card, though, with pretty good results. We just keep sending out the same card um, with with pretty decent... not I mean, Pretty good results. So Okay. Thank, thank you. you, Robert. <clears throat> Yeah, and actually, I've been mailing that same postcard for probably four or five years. Different list, same list. I've mixed it up. I, he'll tell you. Fucking hate it. <laughs> so, when I send a new postcard and they don't like it, he's the one that's got to deal with this card. Yeah, I want this big notice on the side. and They like my merged postcard the same. The only thing I've changed over the last few years is instead of sending a white card with black writing, it's like bright yellow. 
with black writing. That's all I've changed. And I had a lady yesterday from Rochester just completely raving about this postcard and how unique it was and how she never calls these things, but I called you because it stood out and whatever. So it works, and I've been using the same one for the same lists for like four years. So, Thank you, Robert, for the question. Thank you, Steve. I know. That's all right. Come on up. I know. I appreciate you uh, talking to the mic, though. Yeah, you're recording. Um, how often do you go to new lists? You repeat the same people on the list. You keep mailing them. But how often do you go out and get a new list? So that's really like a couple questions. Once you get started, you can mail multiple lists. And I highly recommend that because you should be mailing as many lists as you can afford, right? Because you want to make as much money. That being said, we update the list once a year. Because people sell, people buy, the list is changing all the time, right? Um, so once a year, we will update the list. But at any time you can afford a new list and you want to do a new marketing adventure, do it. Do it. Okay. You, basically what you said to me, I'm looking for more ways to generate leads. Yes, is the answer to that question. Yes. You should have as many ways to generate leads as humanly possible. Excellent question. And thank you for talking into the mic. I appreciate that. I know you didn't want to. Come on up. My name is Everett Hall. Um, my question was, how do you get your podcast, your prior podcast? And I got one more question. Okay, so if you go to, are you iPhone or um, Android? Android. If you go to SoundCloud, it's an app. It's a free app. Okay. Or you can do it from your computer, soundcloud.com forward slash Renegade Detroit Investors. Okay. Um, or you can just download the app and search renegade detroit investors you'll see this mug show up i think it's with my blue detroit hat not my new swanky camo detroit hat thank you wife with the orange which i love um and you can listen from there and on itunes just search renegade detroit investors you'll see three playlists if you go click on playlists mm -hmm. one of them will be the wholesale series you can see right there the other one will be the meetings. I record our first Tuesday a month meetings, and the rest would be the podcast. And you can see all of them right there. And I think it's like 50-plus now. So, Second question. Um, now, these lists you purchased, uh, I guess a buyer list or something like that we just talked about a minute ago? Seller list. Seller, seller list, list seller, yeah. Seller. How, much do they, how much do they generally cost, and um, where do you find them at? Is it a service you go to? Or? Absolutely. So okay. we've used two. I know there's lots of them out there, so this is just what we've done. I'm not sure it's the best, whatever. List source and listability. They generally work the same way, although they have slightly different search options, if you've ever used it, and slightly different pricing. But you're going to generally do one of two things. It's usually like 10 cents a name. It's a name, address, the physical address of the property, wherever the mailing address is. It's like an absentee owner. Um, or, they use, or, or both. They'll have a minimum. $99 is usually the minimum going around minimum going around out there, mm -hmm. but you can usually get like thousands for that for that amount. Uh, depending on the list. Now some lists are more expensive. Um, but if you're just talking normal lists like we'll call it free and clear, absentee owners, that kind of thing, that's more like 10 cents a name. So for every buck, you'll get at least 10 people and they'll usually have a minimum order. So just make sure you get the biggest list possible for $99. Even if you can't mail it now, you might as well, you're paying for it, you might as well get all the names possible, right? Mm -hmm. So Now those are two we have used. 
obviously if you go to Google, Google it. You can you can do all sorts of things. There's there's lots of people out there. There's Realty Track. There's all sorts of them. So, excellent question. Thank you. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. All right. Any other questions? Going once. Going twice. All right. We are done. I really appreciate everybody coming out tonight. And I'm not just saying that. I'm I'm sick, but I did it this way because. I wanted to write a free book and put together a free podcast on wholesaling to generate leads. And I know if I didn't do it this way, I wouldn't have done it. So you are all my co-partners in this live broadcast. And I really do appreciate it because it wouldn't have happened any other way. I have to put myself out there to do things like this, especially when it's an extra 10 to 15 hours a month that I don't necessarily have. So to all my partners who have li- who showed up live, I appreciate everybody listening to this too, but for everybody who showed up live, an extra thank you. And for everybody who asked questions, thank you for making it interactive too. That's really going to help the people online. For every person who didn't ask a question, there's somebody online who has 10 more questions. So uh, I really, really do appreciate it. So now what I'm going to do at some point in time the next month is all going to put together in one book. Um, it'll, all the podcasts will still be broken up, but it'll be one link to one book. Share it with your friends. You'll be able to get it at renegadedetroit.com. You can also listen to the podcast, share it with all your friends, all that. You can give it to anybody for free. Just don't change anything, right? It's, it's my book. Share it all you want. Give it around. Be, be sure to include my links at the bottom of the book, along with my phone number, 313-600-2133, and jeremy at renegadedetroit.com. And that's it. If you enjoy and find this podcast helpful, share Give it a like. If you haven't already, rate it on iTunes, Stitcher, or whatever app you use. All that stuff really does help, and I really do appreciate it. If you have any comments or suggestions, go to renegadedetroit.com. If you are interested in attending the local meetings, like the people sitting here patiently, go to meetup.com forward slash investors or facebook.com forward slash Detroit Investment Club. You can hit me up on Twitter and on Periscope and on Snapchat at Jeremy Burgess. And be looking out. I finally solved the video editing problem. In the next month, you'll start seeing these going up on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Detroit Wholesaler. So I'll be there as well. Finally got that problem solved. Thank you. I really appreciate everybody's been patient about that. It's like eight months later, I'm just finally getting this figured out. That's that's one of the ways I get ahead as I start and I figure out the rest as I go. Because if I was going to figure it out, I wouldn't do it. So do likewise. And as I wrap up this podcast... I do want to take a moment to encourage you to take the steps you need to become financially independent. I know there are distractions, mistakes, poisonous people, bad habits, lots of things. I wasn't kidding. I wasn't kidding. If you don't go and implement something tonight, I'm not kidding about this. This is not a reflection on you as a human being. This is what human beings do. We don't make decisions we don't have to make. So you have to decide tonight whether you're going to do it. And if you are, you need to do one thing. Maybe that one thing is going and locking up a URL at GoDaddy.com or something like that. Maybe it's going and buying a list. Maybe it's scheduling your postcards. Maybe it's something. You need to do something tonight or you're not going to do it. This is not a reflection on you. This is what human beings do. We're strange in this way. It probably used to benefit us at some point in time, but not anymore. Stick with it. Don't give up. Do something every day that gets you closer to your goals, even if it's one step. 
And again, thank you for coming out tonight. I really do appreciate your attention. I appreciate everybody here. And until next time, to the next podcast, crush it.